Hey guys, doing a VP Precision late Wednesday night with my buddy Paul Dallin down in Utah. He's uh, he's doing a little reloading at the moment, so you'll hear the the FX 120s going and and everything else. But uh, anyway, thanks for coming on. We had a little technical difficulties, and he bared with me while we while we got through it. So I, I appreciate it, Paul. Thanks a bunch, man. Yeah, so, no problem. Um, so Paul is. I've met him. If you guys have seen him around, he's not. You know the he's. I don't know. How do you explain? He's, he's a little quieter and the more you get to know him, the more you like the guy. And it's been fun getting to know him the last couple of years, uh, crash at his house a couple of times and shoot down there with him. And, um, it's been, he's, uh, he's a very avid competitor. He's won, um, how many, you've had a bunch of, a bunch of top threes. I know you've won, you won the Idaho match last year. Um, yeah. you've won some other matches too. Which, which ones? Uh, just Idaho and California. One California. That's right, because that was the, one of the last matches uh, last fall, correct? Yeah. In PRS? The, for the PRS, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. So I've been bugging Paul like crazy about um, about 22 shooting. I did my first 22 match this last weekend. We'll talk about that a little bit. But um, he's been answering all kinds of questions for me, and we're talking – D&M target movers and spinners and different target sizes and he's got a bunch of 22s and he he was actually the also the uh the winner of was it the 2019 NRL 22 championship finale yeah yeah it was down in Vegas it was a it was a fun time that's awesome so I want to talk about that as well but um anyway a couple things tell us tell us a little bit about you i know you got a, a big family down there in utah kind of how old are you what are you a little backstory a little bit for some of the listeners oh i guess uh, you don't have to say your age if you don't want to <laughs> yeah uh, uh, i might be on the upper edge of the of the shooters oh, yeah. but, you're you're um, i don't i think you and i are pretty close together so <laughs> yeah i think we are but i sure do feel old someday same here so, same here yeah so uh, uh yeah i got four kids and uh um and uh, uh awesome wife that lets me do this as much as i want yep which is nice very I'll, supportive i want to talk uh, about that too that's a on the uh as far as supportive goes on the someone i think sheldon made a chart of uh you know matches prs nrl standings and match attendance and you had the most matches shot of any shooter or you tied with somebody for the most matches shot i believe uh, i think i tied with somebody so but... let's talk about that a little bit did i know in the past you've shot some pistol stuff. Did you used to compete in pistol stuff? No, not, not really. I mean, I've gone to a couple like local matches okay. here and there, but nothing, nothing real serious. I've, I've never really competed much at anything. Okay. That's it. That's a, that's interesting. So what got you going? I know you're an avid hunter. You've been, you've got some crazy stories up in Alaska. Um, you know, bear hunting and well, that was Alaska, right? Yeah. The, um, yeah. I've been in Alaska bear hunting, uh, uh, Montana several times for bear. And yeah, it, I love hunting. Did that's you, why, that's how I got into this. So. Yeah. Okay. Did you guide, did you guide anything? Did you guide it all in Utah on the hunting side? I did. I, 
I guided for my buddy who had an outfitting company for a couple of years. And, That's awesome. Uh, it was fun. We we did kind of traditional bow hunters, like just close encounter stuff. On mule deer or elk or both? Uh, mostly elk, just because it was over the counter. And yep. Traditional guys from back east that never seen elk wanted to That's get awesome. in close with them. And traditional, like straight up trad bow, like stick bow stuff. Yeah, like recurves and longbows. Yeah, like, that's awesome. <laughs> um, you know, 20 yards was kind of a long shot for some of them. Wow. So, so is that a, as a guide? I mean, we'll geek out on hunting a little bit, but I know I've been with with different guides and different outfitters I've I've hunted, been around and worked with, and, and it, a lot of those guys just hate archery hunters because it's like, dude, it takes 10 times as long and generally not as successful, and, that you know, they – they they like the people but not the work of it. What was your thoughts on uh on on that or success rate? What was it? You see a lot of missed shots? Uh oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a whole episode in itself, all the missed shots. But uh, what was no, it what was no, the, it, what was the closest missed shot you've ever seen? Six yards. No, <laughs> Yeah, clean miss. Wasn't even close. Not no even. I don't, way. Like it. It the. It was a. <laughs> I think it was a spike, and we brought it in, and uh huh. Um, the guy just was like so excited, and he just flung it right over the top of it, and, <laughs> and the elk took off. But we called it back in. And he got another shot at like twelve yards. No way. Did he get a yeah, second? Pretty, second? Did he get a second crazy. shot? Uh, yeah, he got a second shot and missed that one, too. Oh, I was going to say, did he kill it? <laughs> well, no, he got his no. money's worth, then. No, he, he ended up getting one, but... Uh, oh, cool. You know, it was... It just it just took a little bit. It, yep. um, I I actually liked it. Maybe I was too dumb to realize it was that much work, but I just loved being out there in the middle of it. And yeah. I grew up archery hunting. I don't think I killed my first big game animal until I was, like, 24. Okay. And then I killed a couple, couple does on a doe hunt, and uh-huh. and uh, started getting into the rifle stuff. And so, were you hunting? Like, were you bird hunting before that, or was were, had you just big game hunted your whole life with no success? Uh, just uh, no. Get, uh, I was archery hunting. I never killed a big game animal with a rifle. Okay. So sorry if I said that wrong. No, 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 yeah. no. I just okay. So you? Yeah. So I, okay. I killed I I killed a six or seven deer in a row with my bow, nice. and then I decided to to start uh, going for a big one, and then I uh-huh. went I think four or five years without killing anything. Just um, passing on deer and stuff like that. Just passing, waiting yep. for the right one, and then I ended up getting a good one, and I think it was two thousand eight, and nice then then uh i started started getting into the rifle stuff a little bit more and that was exactly my progression same thing i just i I did my very first year i killed with a gun and then from then on i was all archery killed quite a few elk and deer and and did that and then started kind of looking for the bigger ones and bigger ones and and then by the time I, you know, you spent years of, you pass animals, pass animals. And by the time you get a chance at a big one, you're like, I don't want to let that get away. Just finding a big animal is a feat in itself. After that, like, uh-huh. if I'm going to go hunt raghorns or just just to go hunt an animal, I still like to use a bow just because it induces, you know, more of a challenge. But 
there's so much challenge in just finding a big old mule deer or bull that like I'm just I'm just selfish and I don't know what you want to say impatient enough to where I want to kill it when it when I find it finally <laughs> and that's how I got uh, into the long range kind of thing so yeah I, I agree I mean uh, there were so many times I'd be sitting on a hill with my bow and looking across you know four or five hundred yards a thousand yards mm-hmm. and thinking man if i had a rifle i think it'd be dead so many times i I could (laughs) i could slip right in there and get it but yeah and and then you then you go on the rifle hunt and it's a whole different game yeah well just fine i mean that's a one of the benefits of archery generally is is with elk you're hunting in the rut you're gonna see generally you're gonna see more game than during a rifle hunt um, but you just, man, just finding an animal. It's funny. I talked to a lot of guys on the East coast and maybe not as much access to elk hunting. And, and, and there's a, I think there's a misconception that you can just come out West and cause guys will say to me, man, you can hunt Oregon. You know, what's how many elk do you see? I was like, I honestly, I haven't hunted Oregon in years and there's some decent hunting here, but like the over the counter hunts or you'll, you'll roll up to a gate and there'll be 15 trucks parked there. Guys hiking in. And you're like, I just, I'm not going to go combat hunt for a raghorn. If, if you could even find a raghorn, yeah. it's just, it's harder to your public land over the counter type hunts of coming out and killing an elk is, I think there's a misconception that it's, it's, I don't know if easy is the right word, but, but anybody could come out and do that. And that's out here anyway. It's not the case anymore. There's it's, it, it's tough. I mean, it's doable. It's totally doable, but it's, it's difficult. It's not a, you got to put some years in, figure out the areas and, and some, some hard miles. So, that's funny. Uh, so, yeah. So you did that, no, and then what did you? You just what? You someone told you, and you bought a three hundred Win Mag, and you started shooting, or how did you? What was that progression? How did you switch over? Um, I I, I got a deal on a twenty two two fifty, and okay. Um, you know that's what I kind of started with. I've I, I've always had guns. I yeah. just never really hunted with them, and then yep. Um, started started burning that thing down and uh i think i shot like a thousand rounds that first year i had it Jeez. um so and, shot uh, that out in a year <laughs> yeah pretty much yep. but, uh, it shot good i was just trying to figure it out and every time i thought i'd i'd get this long range thing figured out then i'd learn something else That's fine. the hard way oh yeah um, but, so were you uh, yeah. at, what what ballpark year was this or are you, and are you using like uh scopes with turrets or are you doing holdovers or what are you doing uh the the 22 250 had a scope with turrets leopold bx3 or something like that i can't okay. even remember okay. and it's been so long i i don't even know if i can guess an accurate year or yeah okay approximate time but i mean it was it was a good time it was it was fun to go kind of figure it out and yeah um i think what got me was got me hooked on it or um i used to go rabbit hunting with like semi-autos with a 223 or you know the ruger 1022s with the big mags and you just go out there and you put enough bullets in the air you could kill stuff but yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and uh i went i had some guys that i was working with and we'd go and they were taking all their hunting rifles and they didn't shoot many shots but man they killed a lot okay it was just kind of kind of opened my eyes that you know there might be another part to this and (laughs) so more death by precision than volume 
Yeah, and volume's fun. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, I, I no, still I'm like still it. Still a fan of volume. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Then, yeah. So. So what was so your I first? Just, what was your first like good custom long range? Obviously, twenty two two fifty. That's kind of the model. Like, hey, those things go fast, and so fast must be good for long range. But then you start going down the progression of well, maybe there's something more to this. What was kind of your first good, where you would say it was like a good caliber, good long range, where you really started putting it together? Uh, I've, I've done them all. I went all the way up to 338 and kind of messed around with those for a yep. little bit. And, yep. Um, but then, you know, I, I've settled on a 28 nozzle for my hunting gun right now. Okay. I, I really like that. Yeah, I've heard uh, that a, lot was, of guys, a lot of guys loving those. Well, I guess people are wondering. Well, <laughs> I'm wondering, what are you? What are you reloading? Are you reloading for your BRX? Uh, I am, yeah, the okay. BRX, just to throw in some practice rounds together. Okay. For so for those of you that days. don't know, a BRX is essentially a dasher with a what? Correct me if I'm wrong. It's pretty much a 30 degree shoulder dasher with maybe a little bit shorter neck. Is that right? Yeah, uh, it's essentially the way I understand. <laughs> yeah, the way I understand it is it's a it's just a BR blown forward hundred thousands. Okay, the dasher's a hundred thousands forward with a forty degree shoulder. Got it. Okay. So keeps the thirty degree shoulder and then. Got it. Yeah, and so, they're 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 all so good. It doesn't matter which one you shoot. Exactly. And so you're just, shooting just generally. Good. You're shooting. What bullet are you running in that on the comp side? Uh, I've been running D tags. I got a good lot of them a year and a half or so ago. Okay. I've, I've, I've been kind of being very, very selective on where I shoot them, but I'm okay. on my last box. So oh, I'm switching sad. some, that's... I know they're, they're just, man, they've been shooting so good. I love when you get it. Yeah. When it, you get it, those lots are so inconsistent, but when you got a good one, man, they were, they're pretty, they've been, they're an impressive bullet. So. Yeah, are you running? I've got a new lot that I've yeah okay. Uh, yeah, I've got a new lot that I've been trying out and not loving it yet, but uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Are you running Vargas in that? I am. Yeah. Well, what's your kind of ballpark? Are you thirty-one and a half, thirty-two? Thirty grains. Thirty. Jeez, just I, seems. I love yeah. it. So you're tw- how how fast is that? Is that twenty-seven? I, I don't think fast is, uh, <laughs> is what I'm shooting. <laughs> that's 2740, 2750 okay. right there. Okay. That's perfect. It's just, I mean, that's like a, it's like a little mini six, five same speeds, a little bit. Yeah. Less recoil. So, okay, cool. Okay. So one more for all you yeah, guys, it's, one it's more super sp- slow speed but. doesn't necessarily mean speed is not better. So just another another guy that wins matches that is running ridiculously slow. So it's so funny yeah. the way we're all doing that. And it's like we're, there's so much. We have 500 feet a second on the table that we're leaving in, 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 inside of the rules, and none of us care right now. I mean, may, no. maybe it'll change, but that slow and steady sure seems to be winning the race lately. So. And, I, and I've definitely shot it up faster, yeah. but for whatever reason – this, this lot of bullets just it just loves it right there okay so Perfect. i just leave it alone okay well okay so we were i want to i want to go off of that but we we went through 338s and 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 then you're still in the big stuff so you're doing probably had some big 30 cals in there 
then your 338s, and now you're back down to the 28. Or is that is that is that a good balance of like speed, flatness, and still mostly being able to kind of spot your own shots? Is that? Uh, yeah, I, I the reason I went with the 28 nozzler is I wanted a I wanted the energy of a just a seven mag seven yep. rem mag I would have been fine with, but mm-hmm. I wanted a 24 inch barrel. Oh, okay. So I went with the 28 nozzler to just kind of soup it up a little bit and i would yep. i'm i'm not one to like go dive into everything research it and find the best of this i just yeah that's close enough let's go pick something that works um, yeah yep. yeah what what pow- are it, you getting full powder burn out of a 24 inch barrel you think you might, i mean uh i i have no clue I mean, I built this is good and everything i mean it's obviously shooting yeah good for you and you're, it, i know it, you're picky so when you say you say you don't tinker around but i know you do and i know your gun's hammer so i know you tinker enough so if, if they work, I just leave it alone, okay. write it down, leave it alone and just come back and visit it. And yep. honestly, I, I haven't loaded for that gun for like three or four years. Yep. I, okay. I have probably 150 rounds and, or pieces of brass and I load them all up and yep. I sh- shoot a few to make sure it's on and rock and roll. Yeah, Dude, we could we could go down a bunch of roads right now. Like I just we were at his house yep. and we pulled we we were there were some starlings flying around. He's like, "Hey, check out this pellet gun." Well, I didn't understand the levels of pellet guns, and, and so we we start like pulls out these pellet guns that shoot like one hole at forever ranges, and we start dropping starling after well bird after bird after bird at the crazy distances. So Paul's got a little bit of everything, but for now, let's let's go over to the. Uh, the, the, the comp side of the house, um, you like, so when you're setting up, I get a lot of questions of guys like wanting to know, you know, how do you, when you're, how do you know when your gun's ready to take to a comp or how do you do loading to take to a comp? So what is kind of your base? You've got access to a, uh, we don't need to talk about the range much, but a, a good spot to shoot up there. You got steel out, um, all kinds of places so you can you can test drops at all the different yardages and everything so what what is your do you have kind of a fixed routine of load development and how to test um how to test your stuff or you you mentioned this likes it at 2750 so what does that mean to you is that low vertical at distance or what does that mean to you um definitely you want you want to be able to hit some small targets and i i've got a target up at 1200 and as long as i can consistently hit that you know and if if the wind's blowing you off that's one thing i just want the vertical on it okay um uh but consistently consistently hitting some pretty small targets okay so uh, that's not that's not good enough (laughs) what's it what's a small target at 1200 uh, so a small target at 1200, I've got a one MOA, a 12 inch plate. Okay. And then I have, uh, I just put a milk jug up there to oh, make cool. it a little smaller. Okay. And, uh, but, uh, but you know, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't really, I always confirm and make sure that I can hit those long plates. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't spend a ton of time there. I, like that 500 to 800 range. Yep. Okay. That's that's what I spend more time at, and more five hundred, just because of some of the targets that I've got set up right there. Yep. I just I just keep coming back to the five hundred, and if yep, if I I look at a hundred yards and I try to get these tight groups, but 
I'm kind of lazy. And, uh, Dude, so. I'm in the same boat. Like, I just, I feel like I can shoot so much better at 600 yards than I can at 100. Like, I, I can hold a spot better. My groups are better. I, and I, I don't know if it's in my head or, or what, but I, yeah, I'm in the same boat at, at 600. I love shooting those groups at 600 yards. Do you have like a big plate you shoot on and look at groups or, or what do you do with that? Uh, so I recently got a, uh, shot marker. Oh, cool. I'm jealous. And I put it, I put it up at 500 and, uh, yeah, put solar panels on it. Thing just stays on all the time. Well, unless there's a cloudy day and then I got to turn it on every three days, but okay, for the so, most part, it just stays on and I just run out there and I'll shoot off of barricades. I'll shoot prone. I'll just Dude, I shoot a lot right there. That's awesome. Okay, so guys that don't know, Shot Marker is it's made by Adam McDonald, isn't it? The guy that makes the auto trickler. It is, yeah. So he made it's like uh, a lot of you guys know what it is, but it's a uh, it's kind of I don't even know how to describe it. It's four sensors that you would put in a corner of a say made a four by four foot frame, and you put a sensor in each corner, and it shows you. Doesn't it do the speed even at the target like chronograph? It- it does. It does your speed, standard deviation, your group size. Um, yeah. Wow. So you can get it set up to where it's MOA group size. You can click on it and highlight like these five shots, and it'll tell you the height and the width. Wow. Um, a lot of good information. Um, I I shot at paper when I first put it up, and that's that's good. I like that. But yeah. um, I've recently taken the paper down, and I've got a target that's pretty dang close i'm gonna probably fragment some of those microphones oh, one okay. of these times okay. but i got a, a t-post that's got three targets on it okay and uh i'm actually thinking about expanding it to making it 16 feet wide and the six feet tall that i've got it and uh i'm just gonna put a whole ton of targets up there and wait the frame uh, the frame can the go frame. that big the frame as long as it's uh so when i read it i read it as it's got to be a square like Uh a square but it doesn't it can be rectangle it just have to have square corners so they have to be parallel on all four sides and and uh so that you get it more accurate so you can make a rectangle so i'm gonna i'm gonna go and add add 16 foot boards to it so it'll be 16 foot by 66 inches tall whoa um, does that reduce then, the accuracy of it uh it might a little bit i i really don't know i mean how accurate how Adam. accurate do you feel like it's been like when you shot on paper and and looked through the you know at the screen of what it's outputting is it pretty close uh yeah i couldn't measure it any closer Wow. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Like I took my calipers out there the first couple times. And as long as I like, I'm, I'm pretty picky about proving it. Yep. As soon as I'm confident in it, I don't ever test it again. Okay. I just kind of roll. Well, I'm going to dig but, into this. Cause I've been, I've been, Brian and I've been talking. I was like, I'm going to spend the money on this at some point. And I've been too cheap to do it. So you, you bought it, you, you leave it out there all the time and just hook to like a solar panel battery, like that mover we talked about. Uh, so it's got a solar panel and it just plugs at just a USB port and it runs down and it just plugs into it. The solar panels always charging. Okay. So, so the kicker is, is the top, the, the sensor or the controller at the target, yep. it has a battery, a really good battery. It'll last a oh, okay. hundred hours. Oh, wow. So that one's 
that that one's probably never going to die. Okay. The one at the shooter, the brain of it, um, oh, okay. that one will only last 18 to 23 hours. It, it has a little thing that tells you how many hours you got left when you look at it. So okay. let's say it's 20 hours. Well, you get one cloudy day and that thing's going to shut off. because it. It's going to die, run out of power. And 12 hours later, the other half will shut off. So I talked to Adam. He's, oh, okay. He says send it up to him. He's going to program it so that they it stays on all the time. And then I'll, I will always just turn off the one at the shooter, leave oh, one at the cool. target on all the time. And then every time I come, you just come and turn it on. They connect. Dude. takes a few minutes. That's awesome. And then, and then it's off and running. And, you know, I, it's just nice. Like, everybody. Oh, I get one of those. <laughs> Yeah, every everybody's there. Like like uh, we we shoot little mini match competitions. So um, yeah, we did one the other day that uh, you know four or five of us were out there and we it was a PRS skills barricade. Okay, uh, ninety seconds. So the okay. the two shots from four positions. Yep. And instead of time, because I oh I, I didn't want to dig my timer out. Yep. It was group size. I love it. So Dude, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And so, and then, so you just got a steel plate behind your, 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 for your aiming point then. Yeah. I got three steel plates on one T yep. post. Okay. And, and my, like, it might sound crazy to make that thing 16 feet wide, but that's like, interesting though. But I want to put, I want to put all sorts of different targets on it. I, I will tell you that it helped me a lot because you know, when you're sitting there, you're practicing, you're like, Hey, that's on the left side, the left side. So you yep. give it a, a little bit and you burn it off the other side. Or, yep. um, so this is, this is real nice. Cause you can sit there and go, well, I think I was hitting them on the left side and you can look and say, uh, no, I actually I was on the right side or really, you know, what, it, whatever it is, it's kind of helped me help me not not so much see where the bullet is but compute what i'm seeing yeah interpret what's actually going on yeah. i'll do the same exact thing i'll be shooting yeah no i think we all i've, I've certainly done it where you swear you're rocking the plate right and then you creep over left a little bit and you, and you go off you're like oh no i guess not so yeah no that's awesome oh. that's a really good, a good point and i didn't realize you could leave and, so they're and, all weatherproof you know, and everything you can leave them out yeah, I, I mean, I called him and talked to him. He says that there's been some up for a year, year and a half or whatever wow. constantly and just left up. And Dude. I think they turned theirs off, but, you know, that's the lazy bug in me. I I don't even want to paint targets. Like it's, I no, just, it's a convenience just, bug in you. And you get more done when it's not a big hassle to set everything up. You just go up there and start shooting. You're going to use it more and everything. Yeah. I, just, I love it. That's Because that's what I'm thinking. I was like, man, I don't want to take it up and set it down. But if I could rig up a system to do something like that, dude, that would be, it'd be such a good training tool to just see all those groups that, cause when I'm shooting on steel, I hit steel. Well, I mean, I would love to see group size, but I was holding on certain positions and gosh, that would be, that'd yep. be cool. Okay. So <laughs> we're doing tangents here. So you're, so mainly you're doing, you're doing a lot of load testing, load development on that 500 yard shot marker now. Uh, it, not, not just load testing and, mm-hmm. uh, cause I feel like my load's kind of dialed in, but it's just like practicing on it. Now you're practicing. Like, I just, I just shoot it a lot. Okay. So, so and, but- and, uh, and you know, it's good. I've got a barrel. Uh, I run my barrels a little different. And so when uh-huh. I, uh, when I have a bad barrel, let, let's call it a bad barrel. Let's, yep. let's call it a not competition worthy barrel. Yep. Um, I'll shoot it and, 
And before I would shoot groups, you know, five to 10 shot groups at hundred yards to make sure it was in yep. the realm of what I wanted. Uh-huh. And now I just shoot five shot groups at, at 500 yards. Yep. I just turn that thing on and rattle, rattle four or five down there. And if it's, if, if I'm comfortable with it, I just keep so going what, with it. What would be, what makes you comfortable with it? What sizes? Uh, if it's prone and it's, and it's, comfortable inside an MOA I'll I'll practice with it for quite a while okay and so, so what would make you um, what would make you shoot what size group would you say um this is definitely a, a hammer of a barrel for comp stuff that you're like I'm gonna set this thing aside for big matches what would just what size uh, so I, I, I've talked to you about how you run them and you kind of break in some barrels and then you pick the best one. I'm not really like that. I just put a barrel on and if it, if it, uh, I can usually get them to shoot pretty quick. Yep. And, uh, as long as, as long as they're, um, and it's really hard because you know how it is. You go out and you, you shoot a four inch group at 500 yards. And then the next time you shoot a two inch group at 500 yards. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. I kind of average it, okay. and, you know, as long as I don't go over, uh, a one MOA group yep. at 500 yards, I'm good. Okay. So well, okay, I like it. Um, I like it. I don't, I, I don't really get too it has to be a half MOA or anything like that. I just kind of go with it. I, I know I can improve a lot more on, on the shooter end yep. than the gun end. Yep. And I try to put more time there. Yeah. I think that's a good reminder for all of us. <laughs> generally it's not, MOA gun will generally shoot better than most guys will on average. Uh, Cause a lot of them break bad shots. So, um, uh, for sure. man, I so many different, um, what you've, I don't, so well, I don't know if we want, do you want to talk about your range at all or you want to not talk about that stuff or, or what? It's up to you. <laughs> uh, I don't think it matters at this point in time. Okay. I, I kind of treat it like fight club. You don't talk about fight club, but if you, if you want to talk about it a little bit, that's fine. Well, I just, mean, there's so many people that know about it and okay. I've, I've, I've had some little mini matches, like all the local guys kind of know about it. And, okay. You know, we have, we have a good time down there. We, we did a mini match down there with 28 shooters, nice. 136 rounds in one day, Nice. had lunch and we were done in like, uh, I think it was six and a half hours, Dude, that's seven awesome. hours, something like that. That is awesome. Yeah. And it was hard. That, yeah. Was, you make some hard matches. So I, let's, let's talk about a little bit. You, you, since most of the local guys know it's not a public range, you can't go there. And if, if you, like you said, if you're there, you already know about it. If, and anyway, so, but I want to talk about, you've got, you've got the coolest range I've ever been to. <laughs> so it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's freaking sick. So what, uh, we could talk about it forever. There's pistol bays and movers and, storage containers and as much steel as you could dream of. It's a cool location. It's just incredible. Anyway, what, um, and we're going to talk about 22 stuff a lot. Cause that's, I want to talk about that a lot, but what are some of the main, um, you've got so much steel out there. You guys will say, Hey, what steel should I get? I want to get five pieces or two pieces or 10 pieces. What are some of the, your favorite pieces or, or sizes of steel and at what ranges that you find yourself using the most outside of the shop marker, like the most 
um, for practice or the pieces you keep going back to? Because I've got a few at my house, and I'm curious what your thoughts are. After having one, one or two or five of everything, what what's your go-to generally? Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's a rack, uh, that was there before the shot marker mm-hmm. and it's just shy of 500 yards, 487 Okay, has a 10 inch an eight inch and a six inch on rubber straps. And, okay. and I would dare to bet that half of the round shot on that range go to those targets. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I, I don't know why, but everybody just shoots them. Like okay. it's just it's got everything you need and, uh, it's, it's a good, it's a good distance where you get some wind. Yep. If you're not holding wind, you're going to miss, but yep. it's not so, so far that, uh, you can't do it off of barricades and yep. but, yeah, but that's a perfect, I answer. really think, yeah, I, I think that's, uh, you, you got to take your range and just put something, put something up and shoot it and when yep. you hit it. 70 80 percent of the time get something smaller yep. Yep. and just keep going how often until it's ridiculous <laughs> and you do some ridiculous <laughs> yeah we're gonna do some we're gonna come down we talked about doing something this summer uh maybe yeah. before another matchup with just a ridiculous a difficult match i'm looking forward to it but how, how often are you replacing most of my targets are on hangers just for durability but how often are you replacing straps with those targets getting shot that much um you know, it's, it's like three quarter inch belting. Okay. It's pretty thick. It might be half inch. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's okay. pretty thick. So I think, I think I've had the range three or four years and I've moved the, moved the holes up, uh, twice on the little target and once on the bigger targets. Okay. So they're lasting so, really, really good. So. Yeah. I, I did it wrong. I had the wrong bolts in there. So I had some smaller bolts and I finally just put some, half inch bolts in there that are holding up and, I, and it, the br- bolts wouldn't break. They just, I couldn't keep nuts on the back of them. Oh, okay. Cause I couldn't get them tight enough. Got it. Okay. And so I put a bigger bolt in there and a couple different washers yeah. or washers and the nuts set up. And now it's, now it's working really good. Okay. 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 So that's a good, I mean, that's a perfect, I, I seems like I default to a, I've got a four inch at 360 yards. I shoot a lot. And uh, then I've got a little Ipsic and a little eight inch round at 600 that ends up getting a bunch of rounds. Um, and I've got a bunch of other steel, but I just, I got KYL racks. I got different things and they'll get shot for fun, but not near like those couple targets do. And it seems like every, everywhere I go, wherever I shoot at someone's range or wherever they practice, there's always like, well, that's my target. And it's like, and I have it, and and you have it at 487 yards, and, and you've got, I don't know how much steel, five, 500 pieces of center fire steel. I have no idea, but <laughs> more, more than I do, more than I want to admit. And, uh, yeah. With this whole with this whole Corona thing, like I got some more st- steel from Jake, and I've been putting it up. Like, nice. Me and my boys have been hiking. Oh yeah, you said your, you said your boy was just a was a mountain goat out there packing steel around. You give you give him a little motivation, and he wanted something, and I told him I'd buy it if he helped me, and nice. man, never no complaints, and he was ready, and he he worked his butt off. It was awesome. So that's cool. I've got a lot of guys that volunteer to help pack targets and stuff, and usually every year we do a little a little, uh, you know, range day or whatever you want to call it. And uh-huh. this year it's just been me and him and 
uh, a lot more trips on my end, uh, <laughs> but it's been fun. We, we've put a lot more, uh, more targets. I, I don't know why I need more targets, but I just keep putting more targets up there. <laughs> I do the same thing. It's just, whenever I go over to Jake's, it's just fun. Like that would be cool in that spot. And I don't know why I just, you just, it's fun to have a bunch of steel. People like it when they come over, but it it just, I do default back to just a couple targets, which is, which is funny. So, so no, that's, yeah, a, that's a good answer. You, but. you just have your, your targets that, well, and I think what it is, is we know, we know it's kind of a measuring point, right? Mm-hmm. So we know what we need to do to hit those. And if we go back to them, we always know how well we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Good baseline. Absolutely. So, yeah. so, okay. So, um, a little bit more on center fire. What, um, do you always practice with your BRX? Do you, like you said, take those older barrels and practice with those, or do you have a 223 trainer or anything like that? I have a 223 trainer and I, and I do like taking that. It's, uh, I haven't shot it for a while. Just, just, uh, because I'm switching everything over to the new chassis, the new, yep. the new, uh, XLR pro chassis, but, right. um, Cool. But, uh, yeah, for the most part, I, I run my barrels a little different than everybody else. Yeah. Um, I, I started, I just asked people when I got into this, I was like, how many, bar- how many rounds tell you pull barrel? And they, they were all about the same. Like, you know, they'd always tell me about 2000 rounds, you know, everybody was a little different. Yep. And, uh, then I started changing the question saying, what did it shoot like when you took it off? Yeah. And, there wasn't very many answers of oh it shot horrible it was usually oh yeah it still hammers well well, then why are we taking them off yep we're scared of of them slowing down that's that's the story yeah you're you're scared of something screwing up in the match and you got a lot of money vested and i see that so i usually run a barrel until like you know depends on how it's shooting but 20 25 to three thousand rounds for a comp barrel okay and then I put it on my trainer. I take the whole barrel action and I just put it in my trainer chassis and I run it until until I can't hit that one I'm on plate constantly, consistently. So what do you keep a ballpark round count on those when they start falling apart? Um, I do. So I, I have a uh, Excel spreadsheet and okay. as I load the bullets, I put them, I, I assign them to a gun and okay. I shoot them. And so that's kind of where I geek out, I guess. A no, little that's bit. good. So, but, so what uh, is the number when they start falling? Do you, have you seen a pattern? Uh, you know, they're all over the place. I will tell you this, the huh. tighter they shoot, the longer they last. Like oh, really? they, they, uh, I've, I've, those barrels that you just never want to die. Yeah. They don't die for a long time. That's good they, to know. Okay. They can really, you can, you can really get a lot of life out of them. Okay. So I've got some numbers. I don't, I don't know if the world's ready for them. <laughs> so, you don't want to share them yet? Uh, That's all right. That's all right. I, yeah. They're, they're up there. Okay. And, uh, people, people freak out when I tell them that, but I, I keep pretty good records on it. So, yep. I, so I'm confident with my records and, and, uh, well, and it certainly helps yeah. when you, and I'm assuming you're continuing to run your conservative loads. I mean, are you still running in those practice guns, DTACs at 27, 2800 ish? I was until I, 
until I got a batch that didn't shoot. And then well, um, just recently, I'd probably say uh, October, November, I started running the 108s. I just bought a whole bunch of them. Oh, for practice? And uh, just for practice. Okay. Um, just because my D-Tax, I'm, I'm running out. I literally have one more box, like, and it's not even full, and it, okay. it kind of scares me. <laughs> I hear you, so, uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and I, I – I got lazy and I didn't change my seating die. I just loaded them up and ran out there. And, and I was, I was so impressed with them there for a little bit. I was kind of even thinking like, man, I'll, maybe I'll just switch back to these. I know it's kind of crazy, but they're cheap and they're hammering, but, yeah. and they do at 500 yards. I found some stupid groups with them. Wow. But, uh, okay. They don't, they uh, don't love them past a thousand. And, uh, <laughs> even a thousand. I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know i was pretty impressed a buddy of mine got some and he he thought he was going to jump back to him and he shot a match and didn't like him at all and okay. and, and i hadn't shot him past past 600 yards yeah i just i just do a lot of shooting right there at that 500 and yep. they were that's awesome (laughs) okay cool well that's that's interesting that's um i've been i was talking more about to brian i was like man we i get rid of these comp barrels or i get done with these comp barrels um so early and it just you know it feels like 1500 or 1800 or 2000 rounds i've taken comp barrels to 25 and even then you're taking them off and you're just cringing like man this thing is hammering but i'm all like you i'm scared to or maybe not like you like others i'm scared to have it come apart when i'm flying across the country so i mean i, I was more scared last year like some of the stuff i've seen this year yeah i think you can get i think you can get a lot of rounds out of them the stuff you've seen me so, you just had more time you've shot more rounds through barrels and taking them taking I'd, them deeper and having them hold up yeah okay. i just um uh, I've, I've really pushed them a lot harder but pushed them harder meaning more rounds through them yeah yeah so i lowered the velocity i did see i did see obviously a lot of, a lot more life when i lowered the velocity oh, yeah. i think uh, last year the year before i was running t- around 28 28 20 mm-hmm. and uh i still got some crazy life out of them but i was kind of switching i tried I tried a couple brands i won't mentioned but um the one that i'm kind of kind of liking right now i've i've pushed it to the limits i i actually bought five or six of them and they just keep lasting so long it's going to take me another six months to get through them all so of of barrels or bullets or what are you talking about barrels so well if it you don't need to rip on somebody bad but if someone's what what barrels are you talking about the hawk hill barrels are the ones that i'm shooting and i'm i'm loving them they they're every one of them are pushing over three thousand rounds uh consistently and sometimes sometimes i just like i I guess I get tired of a barrel, so I'm not real nice to it. I just I, know I, just, start, mean. I just start. You just start, you just start and, spinning you know, spinners, and you just keep them spinning. <laughs> yeah, and and, it, and it, yeah, and uh, so you, you know you're not nice to them, but oh, yeah. you just you just keep smacking them, and and they and and sometimes I just take them off because. I, I need a new barrel for the comp gun. So yep, yep. I haven't killed them all, but they've 
They've got a lot of rounds on them. That's cool. No, that's good to hear because I've been. That's what, like what I said. I was be, I'm gonna start training more with. I've shot two, two, three forever, but but I'm gonna. I think I've I've got a big batch of so dasher brass. I'm done with in comps, and I'm just gonna use that for my like kind of trainer and actually train with a with my dasher a little bit more than normal without a muzzle brake. Try to get a little bit more recoil, and gosh, they're so stinking accurate. And I got those barrels, which will offset some of the component cost. And I'm always going to have my 223 because I love it. But um, yeah. but I, it's been fun shooting. I've been doing that a little bit more with the dasher, and I've been loving it. So anyway, we got to get into 22s here. Before it's going to get too late. So <laughs> I'm sorry. We, we're all over the place. So um, you – in I – in, in my mind, you know, you'll disagree. You're my you're my 22 expert right now. You've been at this more than the rest of us. Um, I know there's other guys that are, are way into this, but but you're my guy that I trust and have been into it. So I want to talk 22s. You've got you've got um, obviously you won the championship, which is a big deal. You've got uh, a bunch of targets out there. You do a bunch of practice. You've you're learning a lot of stuff. You're ahead of the curve, I think, in this game as the NRL 22 is growing. Um, it just it seems like such a cool sport. I actually I talked to you last week. I was like, hey, I think I'm going to do a match at my house for the first time. Any advice? And you gave me some good advice. And I had some. We just started out with like 15 guys. Came over last Saturday. Had a really fun group of guys. Um, I just had a I had a blast. I I was able to shoot. I didn't. I wasn't sure what to expect and I loved it. We ran targets out to 260 yards, which is like 10 and a half mils of elevation. So, I mean the equivalent range, like to dial that on a comp gun, I mean, you're over a thousand yards and it's just, it's just such a fun, it, we, it was a riot. So I'm all, I'm all geeked out about it. Brian, my buddy, Brian ran out and bought a, bought a rim X and everyone's shopping for 22s and I've got my 40 X that's hammering and I'm working on a rim X as well. And just, I'm all jacked up about 22s, especially while we're, we haven't been shooting center fire. So 22s kind of filling the little void for a minute, but so all that being said, let's, let's, I don't even know where to, st- let's start with, since we were talking about the range on 22 targets, do you have like, that was the weirdest thing for me when I called you was like, Hey, I don't know how to, I know exactly pretty good about target sizes for center fire stuff. I have no clue about rim. you look at these little tiny rim fire targets. You're like, that's too small. Well, then you put it up and you shoot the center of it out at a hundred yards with these 22s. Cause they're so accurate. So I'm yeah. learning the kind of learning that target size format stuff. So what the same question that I asked about the center fire range, what targets you've got a million 22 targets, but which ones do you have a go-to target range or size that you find yourself training on like the center fire? Uh, no, not really. Not as there's, much, okay. There, there's some targets that get neglected and never get shot for sure, but there's there's definitely... Uh, because they're too big or, or what? Uh, well, they're too big or they're just too far left. I don't know. Okay. They're just, <laughs> Got it. I don't, I don't, you know, they're just, they're just not the ones you shoot all the time. So, yep. Yep. um, okay. uh, but, but yeah, I don't, I don't really, uh, I don't really have one or one specific target. I've, I've got a lot of Jake's targets, a couple of his NRL 22 racks, Okay. Uh, some of his expansion kits. Uh, yep. Um, I've I've got all his animal targets. Yeah. Um, 
I've even got plates, big plates for distance. But, uh, I got some DM targets. Yep. Uh, I got, uh, I had him make me a KYL. Some, some of the NRL guys know about it. It's on some of their pages. It's, uh, I think it's three inch diamonds. It's on a KYL rack, uh-huh. but then it has holes in it. So it starts. Yeah, okay. So they're hollow. I, I, yeah. So, so it starts with pretty much a full plate with a, you know, let's say it's a three eighths inch hole in the middle of it. And okay. then I had him put 10 on a rack oh, and it goes, it goes the biggest hole, uh, around the sides, not the corners, but the sides is a quarter inch. It's quarter inch on that. So it's oh. <laughs> like a two and three quarter inch hole. And, and like, so you it's just pretty ridiculous. But clip those edges. That's hilarious. Yeah. And it's, it's like, I'm trying to remember it's, it's like five eighths or three eighths or three quarters of an inch at the corners. Okay. But it's, it's just a different spin yep. on it. Yep. And he makes them, he makes them. So they step, they, they have the, the, they have a row and then they kind of step up. So they kind of nest together. So you don't have to have this like four oh, foot okay. long okay. target. So, so I kind of like that. I, That's I cool. uh, he kind of had the design and I just changed the sizes and yep. it's kind of fun. You, you shoot. Uh, I think the guy who made it, I can't remember his name, but, he, his thought was, is you had to shoot through the hole without the target moving. And, uh, oh, okay. it, that works if it's, you know, a bunch of buddies you can trust, but yep. you could definitely game the garbage out of that. Just shoot off to the side. Yeah, exactly. Um, yep. but, uh, okay. And then you recently wait, just got his mover as well, right? Yeah. I got his mover, had him add some things, change some things. And we've got a whole, I've got five targets that they're on it and, all yeah, different sizes. You sent me there. a video of you shooting that. That was gnarly. I was like, man, I can't wait. To, I want to get one of those so bad. I've been talking to them a little bit. And for those of you guys that yeah. know movers, like centerfire movers are like, what, like like eight to $15,000. And he's got yeah. this rimfire mover set up. I think it's $800, isn't it? Somewhere in there? Uh, and, well, you can, like you can order extra track. I think the base model is close to that. You can order track extension yeah. so it's a longer run. You can spend more, but but it equates to um, the same hold. It's like a one mile an hour, but when you put it at like 50, 100 yards or something, it equates to about, we talked about this earlier, about a 1.5, 1.6 lead hold, which is the same as a centerfire mover. So it, it's, a, it's kind of a cool little practice for a fraction of the price. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm saving my pennies for, for, to get one over here. So it's, uh, it looks like pretty cool. Start stocking up on ammo. Holy smokes, Uh, dude. That's the weirdest thing about 22 is, is how much the ammo costs. (laughs) Well, and then, and then you just rattle through it. Like it's like, there's no, like it never ends and you just shoot it and shoot it. I think, I think, uh, the day that I set the mover up, we had four or five guys out and, I, I, I would be surprised if we didn't shoot over a thousand rounds at the mover. No way. That between all of us, it was like maybe the maybe the first two days, it was crazy. That like you would load up four or five mags and just lay down, and it's like I need more. That's this is funny. awesome. That's awesome. But yeah, and for those of you guys fun. that don't shoot twenty twos, we're not shooting Remington Thunderbolts. So no. that's a, the only. I don't know if it's a down. It's a downside, I guess. But the ammo we're shooting is 
is not cheap, um, but it holds vertical distance. It's 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 like high end Lapua ammo or Ely or SK. Um, I shoot a lot of yeah. the Lapua Cinerex and uh, it it hammers. So let's okay, let's roll into twenty twos. So um, what 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 are your twenty twos? What do you generally shoot component wise? Uh, I have I, I bought a Voodoo. Okay. Um, put it in XLR chassis. That's what I've yep. shot, uh, pretty much the whole time. So it matches your comp gun. Yep. That's, that's yep. my comp and pretty much my only 22. Okay. Um, I did get another 22 at the, when I won the finale, they had a, a voodoo on the prize table and I, oh, cool. I took that and I, I just started getting that worked up and going just recently. Okay. And, uh, um, so it's, it's hopeful. I think it'll be a good one. When you say worked up and going, what do you mean by that? Just testing ammo or, or, or what? Uh, start breaking it in. And, um, you know, you can, you can talk to everybody and get 10 different answers, but, uh, kind of the consensus off of the guys that, that I hang out with is you should probably shoot uh, you know, three, 400 rounds through it, kind of get it seasoned just a little bit okay. and then, uh, send it off and get your ammo tested. Okay. Kind of like load development with no work. Yep. It's kind of nice. So you send it off to Lapua, just the barreled action okay. and, and the trigger that you want to shoot. Yep. Um, talking to Dan in Phoenix, he said that you definitely don't want to just put any trigger in there. You want the trigger. Oh, really? Um, apparently, that makes a little bit of a difference. Just because of time um, or something? Not, not always. He, he kind of made it sound like it's best to send it with the trigger. Okay. And, um, and you'll probably be all right putting a different trigger in it, but he, he definitely did recommend okay. putting the trigger that you're going to shoot okay. in it, set up how you want it. Okay. And uh, then you send it off to them, and they shoot anywhere from five to ten different kinds of ammo through it. Okay. And, uh, and they shoot it through this, I uh, don't really know exactly what it is. I've never been there, but mm-hmm. supposedly it picks up your groups at 50 and a hundred yards. It's like a digital thing. You're never shooting through paper or anything. Okay. And then it shows up on a computer screen and they narrow it down and then they shoot it several more times okay. and kind of just, you know, let's say they 10 different lots of ammo. And then they just narrow it down until they found the best shooting ammo. And okay. then you just uh, call up and order that lot of ammo and they send it to you and, okay. and shoot it. Dude, that's awesome. And it, it works. I, I wasn't, I wasn't sold on it. I kind of told you my story about the, yeah, but it's worth repeating thing. because there's so much, I was talking to Brian about this. He's like, Oh man, that's interesting. So there's a lot of, cause I've been in the same boat. It's like, well, I've got some, I've, I've got some center and it's just hammering. Um, but I also had some other center X from a different lot and I, what it didn't hold near the vertical that this lot is. And so there's lot to lot variants. There's so much, and I, I'm not an expert by any means. I'm, I'm pretty new to this. I've had a Remington 40 X with a Krieger barrel that I wanted in an L match, uh, the Robert Quigley's match a few years ago. And I've been shooting that more and more and really liking it. Um, so I've, I've had it for a while, but I'm not an, an expert. And so when you were telling me, I was, I was pretty interested. So run, run through that story real quick, just, just for people. You, you, to me, you mentioned that the, you know, your first time you got some ammo and it hammered, and you're like, what's the point of sending this in? And then you ran out of that ammo, and then you, you know, 
some put some holes in your theory. <laughs> yeah, I I got I got pretty lucky because I just bought um, Lapuas NRX. Everybody said that that's what you needed. So yeah. of course I bought the top three kinds of ammo that everybody said, and I went and tried it. Mm-hmm. And the Lapuas NRX was shooting good. I think I bought two or three bricks or okay. something like that. I I can't even remember. Yeah, but uh, I bought it. And I was shooting it, and I was just saving that for matches because it was it was pretty pretty amazing like as my <laughs> eyes were opened when i started shooting at 22 and and the disclaimer is is i'm not i'm not huge in 22 i've only been doing it a year or two but yeah um but you've know, done I, it a I, lot <laughs> yeah i've i've done it enough and i'm i'm lucky enough i i feel like there's a really good base of 22 shooters um right here near me okay. and i've and i've had a lot of uh, a, a lot of them that i can bounce ideas off of and mm-hmm. kind of kind of you know it's it's helped me along a lot quicker than if i had to do it myself but yeah okay but anyway so i had this ammo and i'm thinking yeah you know why test the gun because it, it can't get much better than this and and it really can't so um, so what, and it didn't you were telling me that you were hitting like you had a plate at I think a 10 inch plate at 400 yards. Is that right? And you could hit that yeah. like a lot. Uh, yeah. If there's no wind, you can hit it eight, nine times in a, out of 10, which pretty. is, which is pretty stinking good. Um, 400 yeah. yards is a long ways in, in my mind for 22s right now. I mean, it's, I don't even know. What are you dialing at that? 25, 30 mils. I don't even Oh, 40 mils. I don't know. I'd, I'd be, have to look it up. It'd but be a giant, giant amount. So they're coming in at a steep angle and to hold that kind of vertical is pretty impressive. So you, so your first lot just more or less lucked out and it absolutely hammered. It sounds like, <laughs> yeah, I, it really did. I had a, I have a KYL for centerfire mm-hmm. that uh, starts at eight inch and it goes down to three inch. Mm-hmm. It's got six plates on there. And, uh, with the Lapua center X, I could clear the rack and hit the three inch plate. It was hit to move on and I would go through the rack and I'd clean the rack. And sometimes Whoa. I think my best was I dropped one shot out of 10. Wow. So that's six shots on that. And then, uh, and then three out of the four on the three inch at 300 yards. And, uh, and, the, and that's that's one of those perfect days like yep, yep. like there's like no wind it's not gusting because because really anything yeah. down wind will blow you clean off a target yeah so but it was it was pretty amazing good good ammo i was i was loving it and i got down to the nrl finale and um, as I was packing up, I realized I only had like a box, box and a half left. And I'm like, I'm good. I got this other stuff. Yeah, it's got the and, same uh, name. It's, it's fine. Yeah, it's got the same name. It's the same color. Yeah. We're good. Yeah, it wasn't. So, and so, uh, so that's yeah, the thing. On. It's like just... And that's hard to understand as, as how dr- dramatic lot to lot can be. And that's the importance of you mentioning sending it to a test facility. So when they test that actual lot, you can buy that actual lot of ammo. That's the benefit there. That is. I mean, they, they're actually testing it. And, and you would think it's 22 ammo. Uh, hold on just a second. Yep. Sorry. No problem. Uh, hopefully you can't hear that. No, I didn't hear anything. I just heard something cut out yeah. for a second. Your headset dying. Yeah, my alarm's going off. 
okay. We're oh, good. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, that, that, that means we're too late. Yeah. We're staying up too late. So. I know it's, it's uh, 10 o'clock. We want, we'll have, it're, we've been going for an hour. So we'll, we're going to have to do more of this later, but we could wrap this up here before too long. So, uh, anyway. yeah. So, so anyway, I get that, I get down there with that lot and, uh, I have two, two different lots and I start shooting it and I realize that I might be in a little bit of trouble here oh, okay. because, uh, you know, I'm in Vegas here. Yeah. And so I, I, uh, borrowed, <laughs> borrowed another guy's brick ammo, a box of it. And I shot it and I just kind of figured it out. So I actually shot the NRL finale with three different lots of ammo. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you, you had your, you had your 50 yard and in ammo, your 50 to 150, and then your 150 yeah. plus ammo. <laughs> So it was, you know, I, I took my good ammo and I shot the paper stage. They had a paper stage at a hundred yards. Oh, wow. in, uh, who knows how much wind Jeez. a lot. Okay. Um, okay. The, the, and that was Friday. I think that was Friday before the match. Um, but it was part of the match. Okay. And then the next day there was like, I don't know, 27, 28 mile an hour winds. Jeez. And you're shooting to three, was it three thirty or three sixty? Holy smokes, so, dude! Yeah. What do you hold like eight mils of wind? Or I mean, I don't even know what. Uh, so, so they were pretty generous plates, but um, it was it was coming towards us. Okay. And then it, it was fishtailing, so that was the hardest thing. But okay. yeah, you know, four yep. to six mils is <laughs> what I'm kind of remembering, but I I can't remember okay. for sure. That's fine. That's fine. I'm, I remember it was a lot. Okay. And uh, yeah. But. So, I, man, I, I want to. Okay, well, I'm trying to figure out a way to cut this off and maybe do more <laughs> later. But um, we'll go go for go a little bit longer and then wrap her up. But um. Um, let's go through some equipment stuff and then I want and then we'll, we'll have to re we'll readdress this later down the road. But so you're, have you, have you sent guns to the test facility yet? Or is this your first time sending everything? Uh, no, I, I, uh, when I got back from the NRL finale, I did send that gun down. Okay. Um, I, I had a good friend, uh, Corey kind of take care of it cause I was okay. leaving out of town for something and wasn't going to be around the phone. So I just said, pick the best one and order me a whole bunch okay. cause I like to shoot and I'm <laughs> not scared to do it. So, yes, you do. Uh, okay. yeah, so I, I did that and, um, I, I might have ordered a little too much. I, I don't know. I <laughs> no was I was regretting it. Yeah. At first, uh, so I talked to I talked to Dan down there quite a bit, and I kind of asked him like, how long, how many cases can you get out of a barrel before it changes? Um, oh. Because you know we're we're we're, we're thinking centerfire. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So I I try to ask the right questions. Yeah. I don't always, but <laughs> I try. But, okay. Okay. But I asked him, and, and kind of what his uh, his feeling was is like the Olympic shooters they they could get five cases out of a barrel before you have dramatic change. He says really? most barrels most barrels can get four cases. Okay. Um, so that's twenty thousand uh, rounds. Yeah. Okay. So, so you, you've got a lot and he, and he says some barrels will go longer, but you know, um, going off of what he told me and, and I could be messing this all up cause my memory is old. Uh, but 
what I remember is, uh, you know, four, four cases was the cutoff because if you went to five, sometimes you got all the way through five and sometimes you didn't. Okay. That's so good info. I ordered, I ordered four cases and, uh, and I was kind of regretting it cause I had some, I shoot the SK standard plus Okay. for like movers and spinners and stuff like that. Cause it's plenty good. That's, okay. um, that's your practice ammo, which is just, which, yeah, which yeah. is They're going to test that in the Lapua facility cause Lapua owns SK or they're, produce the same factory. Yeah. And and I I don't I guess you could do that. I um I I never really thought about that. You could test and get a better practice ammo. But the um the SK I I just didn't really think of it like that. I just buy SK cuz it's cheaper. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, it's it's about half the price give or take. And when we're talking about so, cheap, we're talking you know, Center X being what, 12, 13 bucks a box sometimes yeah. for, for 50. And, yeah, so and then SK is closer to 8, right? Yeah, six, if you find it on sale, you can get it down around 6. Okay. So, okay. Um yeah, about half and then and then you could burn through it. So I guess if if you wanted to do it that way, you should probably order uh, you know maybe three cases of one and two of the other or something. I don't I don't know if you wanted to break okay. it down. I just I just I didn't want to do it again because it yeah. wasn't it wasn't like easy. Yeah, it was kind of a pain in the butt to get it packaged up, send it down, yep. and then you know because you got to call him and make a reservation and have your gun there on a certain time and. Yeah, I, I was having a heck of a time getting it mailed, and so a buddy helped me out with that. And okay. I'm trying to get out of town for something, and yep. Yep. it was it was kind of a pain in the butt. So okay. anyway, I I picked four cases, had them send them to me, and I've been shooting those. But I but I've had uh had some SK stuff, and and I shoot that a lot, and and I was kind of freaking out about you know buying four cases because yeah here I don't know a month or so ago. It just, it, I, I kept having flyers really, and, uh, okay. and, and Rick's, Rick's going to hear this and he's going to, I told you so. Cause he did. <laughs> he told me, he's like, you got to clean it, clean the carbon ring out. Okay. So I wanted to I talk sh- about cleaning. So yeah. this is perfect. Okay. So, so I should back up and say, when we went to the NRL finale, I have never cleaned my 22. Yep. Like I ran a couple patches through it and I kind of felt a little dirty cause I'm not a clean guy. Uh-huh. I'm kind of lazy. <laughs> and, uh, and so I just, I like, I felt dirty after I put a patch through it and I'm like, I'm not doing this. This is dumb. <laughs> so I just, I'm like, I'm just going to shoot it. And when it starts opening up, then I'll start cleaning it. Okay. And, uh, so the whole, the whole time last year, I never cleaned it. I get down to the finale. They all break out their borescopes and start looking in there and scrubbing (laughs) out carbon rings. And I'm like, I'm like, this is voodoo. Like, yeah. And so I'm kind of getting into it a little bit and I look in there with a borescope and I'm like, I don't have a carbon ring. I'm not cleaning it. Yep. So I'm out. I had to leave. I went for a walk and uh, they all cleaned their guns and everything was good. And I just left it alone and, and it shot good. Yep. But, uh, and, and it's kind of stayed like that. If anybody knows me, they know that I don't like cleaning guns. It's not that fun. So, <laughs> uh, but, but a couple months ago I started seeing flyers and like bad flyers. Like, okay. like when you, when you, when you see it at 50 yards and it, drops three tenths one way and, and two tenths, you know, three wow. tenths of wind and two tenths in elevation. Yeah. And it, 
it kind of pisses you off. But yeah, and that's so, not normal for this twenty two. These things attack, drive tax at fifty yards. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and so what what I was noticing was, yeah, uh, my buddy Corey Dickerson, he he cleaned his gun and and like he was getting on this carbon ring cleaning it out thing and and he cleaned it and he shot this amazing group at a hundred yards. I'm like, okay. I got to clean it. I got to clean it. So I go and, okay. and he tells me what to do and I clean the whole thing. I okay. So what, what did you do? I, Hold on. I, I want to know uh, what everybody wants to know. <laughs> yeah. So, so you look in there, I, you know, you and Brian talked about more scopes. Oh, yeah. They're good, but yeah. they're bad. But, Absolutely. You know, I, I looked in there and I had a little carbon ring, not bad, okay. but, but, okay. It, but I could see a ring. Yep. So, uh, what Corey told me he did is he took a nylon brush and he yep. wrapped a, patch around it soaked okay. it in uh your favorite cleaner whatever yep. i think it was bore eliminator that we yeah, used it carbon that, yeah, that, that was that was so two weeks ago yeah so we're we're way on the tons of other stuff now yeah. but um <laughs> when, Corey, Corey just got his stuff from otm and he loves it oh cool and, uh, i've got some coming so awesome. yeah what anyway so you put brush in there i cannot uh, I can't remember it either. Go to OTM, Joe, or call OTM and ask them for that's yeah. a two, it's a two part mixture that that Joe uses to clean barrels. I know some guys have been buying it, uh, but check it out. If you call, they'll be able to help you. But I guess that's the, the ticket. I don't have any yet. I got to get some. So okay, so yeah, you, so use that. Corey said it cleaned it out like quick. Like he's really? he's all about cleaning his gun every weekend now. It sounds like so. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. So right anyway, so uh, put a brush in there and just twist it around uh, in the chamber, not okay. all the way down the barrel. Just yep. twist it around and kind of work that. That's how we did it. Again, that was yep. a couple of weeks ago. We've changed everything now. But, okay. um, but anyway, <laughs> so I clean it and I feel like okay, I cleaned it. It's good. It's clean. I looked at it. Everything was good. Uh-huh. Wiped it all out. And and I've got I've got theories. I don't know if they're. I just call it Paul science because i don't have any backing it's like bro science yeah so i i've just always had this theory that you know when you clean it um yeah you're getting all that carbon and stuff out of there but if you're not putting that oil back in to kind of clean you know kind of kind of fill in all those little voids and everything you're making it porous and the best way i can describe it is if you take carb cleaner Mm-hmm. And you squirt it on a piece of metal or, you know, the aluminum when you're cleaning a carburetor or whatever, it mm-hmm. kind of dries out yeah. and leaves it porous. Yep. So, so that's the best way I, I, that it works in my brain. It makes sense so in my brain. I, I'm with you. Yeah. I fit, I feel like you're just cleaning the barrel and you're kind of drying it out. So yep. if you don't run a really good oil in there that kind of fills that in and, and, and again, somebody's probably out there just going, what are you talking about? <laughs> that's okay. But we all have our it, own bro size. It works for me. Um, <laughs> so, so after I cleaned it, I went and shot it still getting flyers and they got worse, like oh, no. real bad. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 I, it was freaking me out, like to the point where I was getting ready to just buy a new barrel because oh, I was, I was okay, getting so, so pissed off. Strike one for Paul Science. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, that was before before the whole science. So okay. So okay. I cleaned it. It okay. wasn't working. So I bring it back and and I just I scrubbed that carbon ring out and it was bigger and more black and thicker and so I scrubbed the whole thing out Jeez. and then I took croil oil. And I, and I soaked the barrel with croil oil and I actually took a patch, wrapped it around the brush, stuck it in the chamber and I left it there overnight. Whoa. And, uh, and I came back, um, swabbed it out, made sure it was all clean, 
And uh, that was probably three weeks ago. And that thing is back to hammering. Oh, okay. like it is. It is awesome. So, okay. And, and um, did, you, nah. did you just, are you just doing the, did you clean the entire barrel really, really good? Uh, or the no, chamber? Mainly um, just the chamber. I, mainly the chamber, but okay. I, I mean the, the brush is on or the patch is on the brush and I do push up through. I don't, I don't pull it back to me. I, I do put it into the chamber and I kind of twist it as it's going through the chamber mm-hmm. and then I just push it through the other end, pull the, br- pull the patch off, pull the brush back through. Okay. So you push it um, through the barrel a few times then. Okay. I do. Okay. Gotcha. Um, okay. But in my brain, it, it's more of the carbon ring, like, like to shoot as many rounds as I shot through it and not have a carbon ring and then clean it and have a big carbon ring. I don't know. That's where the Paul science comes in. I don't, I don't know if that's right, but no, that's good. Info though, cause this, I'm all new. I'm like, do you ever clean 22s? I was like, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I've got, I'm a few thousand rounds deep in this 40 X, uh, you know, and I'm like starting to think it's, it's shooting really, really good, but I'm like, you know, I, I so this is, this is good for me. So, um, uh, so you'll first start seeing it in the first round flyers. They'll be off just a little bit. Okay. And and then then they'll be off real bad. Okay. And then and then you'll start seeing mid strings flyers and those they they just piss you off, especially when you're shooting NRL twenty two and it's paper stage. Yeah. And and you uh you watch one fling clear out in the outside of like a six ring. Oh. And then you come back in and you make a full adjustment and you hit the other six ring on the other side. Uh, you just want to scream, but yep. you can't because there's yep. people around. Because <laughs> there's small children around at NRL 22. Yeah. We can scream at yeah, well. NRL 22X because yeah, I don't know what. The less kids. No, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. No, um, so what, yeah. well, let's keep I, uh, real quick. What? So uh, chronograph and BC and BC truing and are using, are you using a Kestrel? Um, I'm starting to use a Kestrel, but, okay. but I probably should say that I'm starting to use a Kestrel in center fire also. Um, <laughs> okay. I love it. You're uh, an app yeah. guy, an app holdout. I was I'm, an app holdout an app for a guy. long time. Yeah. The, the geo ballistics work good for me. And, uh, um, yep. if it wasn't glitching, I probably wouldn't even be messing with the Kestrel, but oh, okay. it's kind of, it's kind of starting to glitch a little bit. And, okay. um, it, I think they've got it fixed now cause it hasn't been doing it. It was a couple months ago, but, okay. um, but I, I, but I feel like I need a backup anyway. So I have been trying to learn the Kestrel and get it. So right now I'm, I'm just doing that on center fire. Okay. Uh, but I do use my app on the, on the, uh, on the 22s. Okay. Uh, shot it over a chronograph, uh, wait till a good day, true it up at a hundred yards. And it's, uh, I've heard BCs, like they are all over the place. Everybody has a different BC. So, like it's, yeah. it's even worse than center fire. That's what so. it seems like to me so far. What, what do you, so I think I switched my BC, this weekend, for some reason, I Googled it. I think I was at 180, a mm. you know, 180, and I went down to 135, and everything lined up really well. So I was like, I don't know. What, 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 where, where are you running? And that's with Center X, Lapua. Where, where are you running your BC? Um, I, I'm at like one five. I was shooting 136 for a long time. Okay. And then I, I trued it up, and it's like 154. Okay. Um, so the one, the one thing with truing 
BC with a 22, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is you've got to have just that perfect day. Because if you have a headwind, a yeah. tailwind, a yeah. sidewind, like it's going to change things dramatically. Whereas a center fire, it doesn't really mess with. And okay. and and I'm trying to true, you know, three four hundred yard range to bring those fine numbers Got back. It. Where you know, I'm trying to get it as tight as I can. Okay. Um, I don't think you can true it at a hundred yards. Like okay. there's, that's, you're just not far enough. That's good info. So with center fire, generally I shoot a lot of groups of 600 and I try to true at a thousand, 1100 or further with my BC. So with a 22, what are your numbers? You're you generally zero at 50 yards. Um, I zero at 50 yards. And then, um, what, what I like to do is confirm it. So you need a good BC first, like okay. before you can do this, uh, you got to have all this proven or it doesn't work, okay. but, uh, zero at 50 yards, but then confirm it at a hundred. And the reason why I say that is, uh, when you move a tent at 50 yards, it's like not even a half a bullet, right? You're oh, just, okay. you, got you it. know, you in your group, you're, you, I mean, is your group shading high or shading low? Yep. Well, if you go to a hundred yards and it's shading a little low, well then come back to 50 yards and up it. And I bet your group doesn't even change, but now your hundred lines up perfectly. Oh, okay. That's good. That's so, good. So, so you're, true, um, a you're, lot. you're kind of true. You're zero then at a, at, at a hundred. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. I never thought about that, but that's um, okay. yeah. So, and I, I've always gone to 50 yards and my thought process behind that is, is at 25 yards again, yep. you move a 10th or two, your bullet impacts barely shifting yep. and and I don't feel like you can get a tight enough zero yep. to, to be consistent out, out at distance. And, and so okay. if you want your dope to line up, you kind of need to do it backwards. Okay. So, so then you're just, running, you're running, are you run lab radar, magneto speed? What do you, how are you doing your chronograph? Uh, lab radar. And then do you change um, the settings? I need to play with that. Cause I, mine didn't pick up the other day, but I didn't, I, full disclosure i didn't mess uh, with it for very long so so rifle uh so you got to go from rifle to the handgun okay and then something that's helped me is uh move the barrel back so if the uh, put the put the lab radar in front of the barrel yep so with center fire rifles we're putting it right next to it yep move the barrel back so the barrels actually the tip of the barrel is maybe a foot or behind. 18 inches two foot behind the lab radar so you can get that sonic crack to got set it. it off got it or yeah or a little so, muzzle blast or something to set it off okay okay so you take yeah. that speed and then and then you're taking that out to on a perfect day just what three and four hundred just normal testing and trying to tweak numbers to get it to line up uh, so I, I just kind of ran it when I first got it and I've just been playing with it. But recently I have been, uh, you know, I've had it out to 300, 300 kind of always lines up 400. Okay. Okay. Um, sometimes I got to tweak it, uh, you know, half mil to a mil or whatever it is. So uh-huh. right now I'm in the process of every time I go out there and it's really good, I'll shoot it write it down make sure i know what it is and kind of kind of bouncing it off because okay and, and you've got to write you've got to write down what your wind is and like yeah. i mean you can put it in for crosswind jump and figure figure your own crosswind jump out because there's a bunch of theories on that so yeah they're, fin- um, they're I, finicky out that range that's a long way they, uh, they are and it i mean it is so crazy like just the littlest wind will blow you yeah a long ways off yeah yeah so okay okay um 
Let's. I love. We got. I. I love talking to you, but we got it all. It's getting late, so I gotta. You gotta work. I gotta work. So, um, <laughs> last. What I mean. So, Interall Twenty Two is is has been kind of one bag, uh, less gear, um, a little more simple. Simple, and they're they just introduced, and, and and it's been generally at the club level a hundred yards and in. Um, so with the idea of you can kind of run it <clears throat> a cheap match anywhere in, on small ranges, and now they're just introducing the interal the twenty two X, which is going to be longer ranges. I think some more gear. I'm not I'm not exactly sure, but um, what what are things you know? If, if you win in the championship and everything, what are are the things you're practicing the the same types of things you're practicing for center fire um barricades is it is it direct crossover or do you feel like there's anything that's different um on the 22 side than center fire uh i i pretty much shoot off of barricades and everything i mean um i i think it's pretty much the same okay the the one thing the one thing I do really like about I I think Tyler and uh, Travis really thought this through when they put the NRL twenty two together. Mm-hmm. Um, every month they have uh, the stages. They usually have two prone stages, two barricade stages, and then a positional stage where you're shooting offhand, okay. sitting, kneeling, something of that sort, unsupported, no bipod, okay, no cool. bags. It's just usually a sling, yep. and so um, it can bring you back to the the basis, you know, fundamentals. Yep. And, uh, and I, and I think we lack that a little bit in center fire. Agreed. Um, uh, so I, I really appreciate it and, and I like it. And that's one of the reasons why, why I enjoy it so much is it's kind of, you're just a hundred percent fundamentals. There's no loud noise. Yeah. You're not going to jump because of the, yep. because of the barrel, the gun going off. Yeah, there's no recoil, you know, no nothing. So. There's no recoil. It's it, if you miss it's it's usually because of you with these guns. Yeah. Um, yep. and, uh, and, and then, and then you get a shoot, you know, standing and, and, uh, I, I, I keep mentioning the guys I shoot with, but yeah. Corey's probably one of the best, uh, positions. Yeah. I'm losing you a little bit. It is. It's nuts. I don't know how. Uh, oh, can oh, you, you hear me now? Yeah, there you are. You cut out a little bit. Said, <laughs> yeah, you said Corey was one of the best position. I think positional shooters that you've seen. Positional shooters. Yeah, okay. he just he gets into this these weird yoga positions. I don't know how else to describe oh, okay. it, but it's it's crazy to watch him tangle up into his gun and just freaking pound steel like it's <laughs> like it's just so easy, and then you. Get, That's awesome. Are you there? I think we're lo- we're losing you. Well, this might be a good time to yeah, wrap. Oh, you know our center fire. So I keep losing you. You're there. Yeah. Okay. I'm not you. No. Yeah. No. I'll lose yeah. You. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, if it cut off again, I'll wrap it up. But um, anyway, um, well, we'll start wrapping up because I I think I'm losing the internet. We're doing this over Skype and it's it's starting to act up a little bit. So, um, l- l- last question, I guess. On a lot of guys talk about 22s as trainers for center fires. Um, how how do you think it's risky to spend too much time on a 22 as in regards to lack of recoil or muzzle blast, or do you think it's wh- what's your thoughts on that? Like I have mixed, some mixed thoughts. I'm not quite sure. 
I'm st- part of me thinks, no, it's, it, I think it's really good for building positions. It's, you're moving your gun, you're manipulating the gun the same way, especially if you have it in the same chassis, um, you're acquiring targets, all that stuff. But I do think there is zero recoil and zero noise. And so you can, you can bring, you can get a little sloppy and still shoot some pretty, the pretty ridiculous I mean, the guns shoot so stinking good. They're so fun to shoot. But mm-hmm. what what are your thoughts on that? I'm I'm curious. Uh, I I think you can use it as a supplement, but not a complete replacement because it's exactly what you said. Okay. And I and I uh, I mean I kind of feel the same way about dry firing. I think it's great. Yes. But if you don't get out there and live fire, um, how's the gun going to react? And so yep. it's the same. Yep. If you go and build an awesome position with a twenty two. And you're going to be fine. If you go put a center fire in that same position, it's going to bounce all over or off a target and you're never going to see anything. Yep. Yep. So, okay. okay. So I, I, I think it's good on fundamentals mm-hmm. to, to kind of secure your fundamentals and like really, really nail that down. But I yep. definitely think that you need to break the center fire out. Okay. Mix and match. Yeah. And I, and I also yeah. guys thinking of getting into the sport and, and going through the 22 venue, which I think is great. I think that's awesome. You learn, you learn how to run a course of fire, how to manipulate your gun, the, you know, moving with your bolt back and just the safety and just the way the matches run. They're just many, you know, it's just, you're just shrinking down a two day national center fire match into kind of a one day PRS match but, or uh start one day 22 match um with a lot of the same kind of stages and same lingo and everything so anyway we'll we'll wrap we're we're, we're pushing an hour and a half here so i really it's 10 30 now i really appreciate you coming on um i love chatting with you i like uh you know all your knowledge and in your experience you're always you know tinkering with stuff down there and it's uh i love i love hearing from you so um i really appreciate uh appreciate you coming on. Uh, I'm sure we'll get some questions and I'll have to do, do it again in the future. So, um, and I, and I got to say you were going to, you would have been our first guest on VP. We recorded, um, a, a, a segment with you the, on a Saturday night when you were winning the Idaho match. And then we didn't do the Sunday night to fi- finish that episode. And then I accidentally deleted it like three weeks later. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. anyway, Paul was going to be our first guest. So better late than never though. Anyway, so anyway, yeah. thanks for coming on, man. I really, really appreciate it. So we'll uh, stay on the line for a second. I'm going to end this thing, but anyway, thanks guys. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next time.